We gotta hurry. We still have to haul ass back to the machine. Well, then help me look. Uh-uh. I'm on watch. You are Jones's errand boy. Don't knock it. Job has good benefits. No details. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another Pure Fandom Podcast. I'm Brad. And I'm Court. Tonight we'll be discussing the latest episode of Sci-Fi's 12 Monkeys, which aired Monday, May 30th. Before we break down the episode, just want to remind everybody to check us out over at purefandom.com. Got a lot of great writers over there. If there's a show or movie that you love, somebody over there is writing something amazing about it. So, Court, let the good people know how they can reach us. Well, you can find me over at Twitter. I'm at JenDev, and he is BradZB. Be sure to follow at PureFandom as well to keep up to date on the latest articles that have been posted. Also, be sure to check out Pure Fandom on Facebook just to let us know what fandoms you're most interested in hearing and reading about. It's a really good place to talk about you know, Game of Thrones and all the stuff that's going on there. Yeah, so come on over and check it out. Definitely. So this week's episode, oh, is it episode seven already? Yes, it's episode seven already. Wow, the season is going, it's flying right by. Yes, it um, is. This episode was Meltdown, and certain things certainly did Meltdown. Uh, Cole comes face-to-face with the witness, the phantom behind the army of the 12 monkeys, as Cassie's Amanda Scholl's hallucinations undergo a chilling evolution. Uh-oh. Making matters worse, the temporal facility becomes increasingly dangerous after the malfunctioning time machine begins to tear apart time and space, bringing back daily visitors from the past. <gasps> the episode <laughs> was directed by Grant Harvey. Writing credits, of course, go to Terry Metatalis and Travis Fickett, as well as Richard Robbins. All right. This episode, quite a bit darker than the last previous episodes. Yeah, I was still writing off the happy happiness. That's Jennifer episodes. Yeah, and uh, you know, and uh, Cole and Ramsey bro time and everything else. And yeah, serial killers and happy, happy, happy 70s time. Funky shirts and short ties. None of that going on this season. I mean, this episode. No more psycho killers. Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Let's. Go, let's talk about some of the characters on this one, because well, that'll give us the entire breakdown. Since we were stuck in this uh, in the facility the whole entire time. Yeah, you're going to make me sad, but go ahead. Well, I know. I'm going to make you sad. What did you think of this episode? I, I enjoyed the episode a lot. I didn't catch everything that was going on, I think, because it was a Jennifer-less episode. Right. I mean, I, I really enjoyed this episode. It was great progression to the story, and there was a lot of interesting things happening. I just missed Jennifer. Because you're stuck on Jennifer. Cause, I am. Know. It's like, she's so funny. She's got the cray going on, but... She's got the cray. I love the cray. But, I, like I said, I did enjoy the episode and everything that they, gave, that they gave us. I especially enjoyed the fact that they gave us a lot of Hogan. Yes. A.K.A. Salt High. A.K.A. Eklund. Yes, Eklund. It A.K.A. Was... Jones's boo. <laughs> Jones's boo. Speaking of Eklund, we start off with... Uh, him and Jones just lounging around in bed like you do after you get done getting your groove on. And that's when I got scared. Why? Because it was going too well. Yes. And all the good things were happening. And they were bonding. It was nice. And, of course, he was shirtless. Yeah, they, they, were, back bo- on tie. they were bonding a lot previous to that. But, you know. Oh, she's. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cassie comes in and ruins it. Of course, she does. And she's Cassie. That's the alarm. Hold on. I actually had something here. We gotta hurry. We still have to haul ass back to the machine. Well, then help me look. Uh-uh. I'm on watch. You are Jones's errand boy. Don't knock it. Job has good benefits. No <laughs> He's all about the benefits. Yes. It has good benefits. It's a good oh, job. Jones. Yes. And that's why I'm sad. Like, I wanted that for her. 
I know. She's like, she's like, I don't even remember being in love with you. And he's like, but you are. But he had to, you know, get there. And he's like, I'm going to slowly break you down. And he did. And he finally broke it down. All right. Yeah. And I had a theory and you shot me down. I know. Yeah, I, I did shoot your theory down. So they got to go and get the lens uh-huh. that's in the back. And I'm actually going to play that whole entire scene in our uh, closing outro, I believe. Oh, cool. Which is cool because, you know, it has. I love the fact that Eklund was a pacifist. Which is completely <laughs> different from everything that we know about him. Well, the actor. He played against type. Right. It's a, yeah, it's totally against his type. It made me really want to go grab some Battlestar Galactica quotes and play Or anything it. else that he's been in. Like, he was on Teen Wolf, and he was in Fargo Season 2. Right. And he was not a pacifist. Exactly. But he didn't make it. I mean, he had his whole thing, and sad to see him go. He, he sacrifices himself for Jones, and... That's, and I'm regretful that we didn't get more now. I, here, I'm going to go ahead and play this one for you, too. That's not so bad. I dig it, actually. Going out in a wild, romantic gesture to a beautiful woman. All in the name of love. I don't love you. You did once. And that can't be erased. Aww. He was totally saving her, and that was his whole thing. Yeah. I mean, and her, you know, I don't love you. I'm not buying that for any amount of time. Not at all. Did you see her little smile at the beginning of the episode? Exactly. And that was her saying, you know, don't do it, because I'm going to be severely depressed after this happens. I hope not. Like, she had her hair down, and she was drinking. And she didn't have a cigarette in her hand. Exactly. Like, she actually looked relaxed. And I know what the show is, but still, you need downtime. Well, actually, I take that back. She did have a cigarette in her hand during the show. But when, it was recreational. When, when Cassie comes back and she's talking, uh, when she splinters back in, she sees the plague doctor. And then she's having the chat with everybody and telling them that, you know, the witness chose to appear as Aaron on the uh-huh. table. Uh, Jones's ashtray. No one else in the facility has to smoke, I swear. That thing was filled to the brim. It was just like overflowing. It was yeah, one of those moments I saw it and went, wow, it's that cigarettes <laughs> right there. And of course, Cassie was totally messed up by the tea that she oh, had to drink yeah. a, multiple episodes and stuff. She did it with the uh with the pallid man to start with, and then um you know, the previous episode where she was bathing in it. That yeah. was really going to mess her up. Yeah, and I like the way that they um, they resolved that. It makes sense that since it was a chemical, basically, that was introduced into our system, Jones could just whip something up. Exactly. And it I'm w- surprised that Jones didn't take her blood at the, the first time and analyze whatever may have been in the tea. Well, the tea was made up by the leaves, which had... The re- was it the red leaves? Yeah, the red leaves. It had already had time messed with it, so there there's something in there that they would be able to find. Worse than mushrooms. Yeah, well, these are thyme leaves, so yeah, they're worse than mushrooms. Thyme yeah. mushrooms. Thyme, no, just leaves, no mushrooms. We haven't <laughs> seen those yet. We haven't seen those. But it was rather interesting to find out later on that, you know, the witness could take over to her, and she was being able to see inside the witness's head also. That was interesting. She was stuck in the room, and at the end there, right before, you know, Cole decides to get himself shot. Cassie's looking out the window 
and sees the messenger, I mean the witness, and he turns around. Yeah. And there's like a city or something in the background. Now, one of the towers on the right-hand side has the name Titan on it. Interesting. I'm not sure about that, what that is. You can go back and check it out, pause it. It says Titan right on it for sure. You can read it. And I I don't even know what the towers are. It kind of looks like a... I would say it looked like a power facility, but, you know, I'm not sure. It just, it was interesting. It was in the Red Forest, so makes you wonder, is this the way that the witness is splintering back and forth with his abilities? Well, they did bring that up, the possibility that he could time travel and that he had his own machine. So, yeah, I mean. She she did say he was splintering. She said that. Right, Right. and he had a tether there, so. Right. I guess we're going to have to wait and find that out. But the whole thing that Titan, we've heard the word Titan a couple <gasps> oh times. Oh, my God, Brad. I know who the witness is. Who's the witness? It's Bruce Willis. No, the witness. And Madeline Stowe is helping him splinter. Oh, my God. There you go. What? It's totally Bruce Willis. Yes. It is. Or and Brad Pitt lookalike. I don't think they're going to be able to get Brad Pitt. <laughs> lookalike, I said. Look, <laughs> Brad Pitt lookalike. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We'll go with that. <laughs> I haven't had a toss up. The witness could be anybody at this point in time. I don't really have a could. clue who it is. I don't. My theories on a witness have been taken all over the place. Yeah, I started to wonder if maybe he was under five feet tall at, after the end of this episode. Well, yes and no, because <laughs> I, I get to him later on. But since we're on the witness, he's stuck in Cassie's head. So I guess now that. Jones has gave her the remedy that he won't be able to get into back into her head again. Right. That's what Jones said that they shouldn't be able to use the same effects against her. But Cassie knows how to use the T now. So she could always go back after him if she needs to. But can she though? Like, can she use the T and ha- still have it work, still have it affect her uh, or was whatever the concoction was to be able to deflect any um, hijacking? Cause it's basically what they did to her. Or do you need to be around somebody who can control like Jennifer? When she had exactly, Jones Jennifer does that very well. Like I'm, I'm very not upset, but I'm surprised that Cassie hasn't gone to see older Jennifer yet. I don't think she's been back long enough to go see her. I mean, she got back and everything just went to hell. Like yeah, really, this quick. is true. And it was it. But you could still tell, even though the witness was in control of her, he wasn't in total control. Which she had to realize how to overcome that and. Mm-hmm. You know, Cole knew how to do it. Just, you know, Ramsey, shoot me. Okay. And it worked. <laughs> the door opened wide as soon as she did that. Right. So I don't, yeah, it's, I'm tossed up on the whole thing. I don't know. It's kind of hard. I can't figure out what's going on with the witness. I think I know, but I, every time I think I know who the witness is, everything goes to crap and it's not the person. Yeah, I try not to think too hard about it because, like you said, everything goes to crap. I'm just sitting and enjoying the roller coaster of this crazy, awesome ride. Yep. So we'll have to see what happens to Cassie. But there's one thing for sure that we know. Deacon uh, really kind of likes Cassie and looks out for her. Yeah, and we, we kind of knew that from before, but we actually got to see it in action. I think this is what I needed to see more of this between them to actually see that their bond was real. Right. Even though we know that. We know that they spent that, all that time together, but we didn't get to see it. Right, exactly. We didn't see everything, but it still goes to, you know, when she came back, he's the one that said, okay, you need to go rest. We'll take this up later. And she was pretty badass when she came back, and he had a lot to do with that. Right. Well, there's a big change. And the whole fact that, 
you know, he had to tell Ramsey to go in there because he couldn't kill her either. Right. So, I mean, that shows, and he kills everybody without worrying about it. Oh, for sure. So that says a whole lot right there. And since the facility was breaking down, Deacon and Eklund headed off to find another lens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much fun in that whole pairing. And I just really wish there was more of it. Me too. I feel like there's a whole mini season that we missed out on. Like webisodes that would have been great. Oh, yeah. Like those missing eight months, here you go. They really haven't been putting out it. They got like two webisodes this season so far, but they don't really tell you much. No. One's interesting. Deacon, uh, well, they find their thing, and as they leave, <laughs> one of the, I, I was really cracking up at this one. Here, let me go ahead and do this one for you. Stop right there! Hey, it's Deacon. Who's there? How did you get in here? This is a restricted facility. Army personnel only. What? Hey, friend. Um, that sounds like a weird question. What year do you think it is? It's 1959, shithead. So, uh, fella, we've had a little bit of a time travel snafu here. And brace yourself, you're in the future. 2044 to be exact. So if you want to drop your weapon, we can catch up on the last uh, 85 years. So did you catch the part with uh, Eklund saying 85 years? Yeah. You you kind of said it last... uh, 85, 85. Because, you know, I'm pretty sure Deacon isn't a math whiz. In, oh, you know, no, no. And it was just, I, I love their interactions because it was so, it was just there. It was perfect. So much fun. So like much I said, fun. it was really interesting and fun to watch Deacon bounce off all these different characters. Want me to play my other two sound bites from them, too? Go for it. Guys, a pacifist or live as a man. Violence doesn't make a man. No, but it's a good way to unmake one. Point and pull and watch with a kick. Don't worry, I'll tell all your hippie friends that you fought them off with flowers and rainbows. <laughs> I want more of that. And then poor Eckley gets shot. Darn it. <laughs> nice throw, Gramps. Gramps. I'll kick your goddamn ass. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the salt tie that we all know and love. <laughs> That salt high. I, I'm gonna go back. That I was, gotta go back. That, that made me miss yeah, him so much. Yeah, that was just him totally coming out right there. Yep. Not. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think Jones actually believed Cassie to start with when she came back and was talking about the witness being in her head and you know being there. But once the core started zapping and yeah. overloading, yeah, I'm pretty sure she was uh, down with that. Oh, for sure. No, everybody thought that Cassie was just feeling the effects of, I guess, time travel. She was having some side effects and hallucinating. Was, was that that the uh, J- uh, Jennifer quote from last week? I don't want to really say this, but maybe it is in your head. <laughs> That's the truth. That's what Jennifer said. But it wasn't in her head, as we saw later. I was a little confused on the Plague Doctor, if it was or not. I didn't catch on right off the bat. And honestly, I missed the whole fact that the plague doctor was taking over her and she's the one that sabotaged everything. Um, but I guess it connects to what happened at the end of the last episode. Remember her eyes turned black? Right. So I'm thinking that that's what that was. Like if somehow it infected her well, that and would, it was able to um, hijack her basically. Would that be when he was there and he touched her? Uh-huh. And then he was hiding behind the door? Yeah. 
and just kind of like followed her back, like did a tag along or something like that. I think it, you know, the tethers, mm-hmm. like it had some kind of tether with her. So it did tag along so as much as it could. Little bungee cord on the time traveling. Yeah. Like the whole effect of the witness, it feels very supernatural for right now. So mm-hmm. like, I don't know how it did it, whether it was possession or what. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I, it, I think the tea has a lot to do with it. We know that part, but exactly. yeah, the rest of it is, you know, where's the uh, witness coming from? I mean, he does, I think he does have the same, capabilities as they do just maybe a little bit more advanced than they have yeah i think we'll get more of what that was from the end from the end of this episode i yeah with the clock we'll talk about that clock in a little bit okay uh previous travelers come back to haunt jones so did you realize what was happening like immediately as soon as the people started appearing well not not even the people like when the um misshapen dude i guess the burnt dude came out of the um the goop Oh, yes, when he came back with his uh, external body part, internal body parts on the outside. Yeah. Yeah, I figured that out because that's kind of like, I don't know, it's not necessarily a trope, but it's kind of like, you know, the transporter misfunctions in Star Trek. and Yeah, Brid will fly. And uh, I don't think they had something like that happen to them on the movie or not. I, don't, I know his one friend got burnt somehow, but I didn't think that. Yeah. But yeah, but it's the whole thing. It's it's time travel doesn't always work correctly. And yeah, and she said that even in the movie, they had said that they had other travelers that went back before, and of course, they were filled experiments and everything. Right. And I think that's why in the movie they went back naked because they couldn't have any clothes on them. Kind of like it was right. a time travel device with a um, Terminator. It's exactly. the whole thing. You can only send organic material back. You can't send exactly. organic. But now we've made it up where you can bring bourbon and smokes and, you know. Anything you want. You bring it back. Bring you want to go back. to the movies? Here, you take your shot and let's go see um, Terminator. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Back to the future. Uh, one of the things that cracked me up was Cole telling Cassie that the whole Deacon Cassie thing didn't bother him at all. When You know, it totally bothered the shit out of him. Oh, clearly. He's, he's as weirded out as we are because basically we're Cole. Like we're stepping into this relationship where – Technically, Cole has only been away from her for a short time, but she's known Deacon maybe longer than she's known Cole. Right, because she was there. For, well, she was there for eight months. I she was there for eight months, but she, she's been in and out of life with Cole, like here and there, for I guess less than a year. True, true. So true. she's known Deacon longer than she's known Cole. There you go, and better now. This is true. She's taking some notes from Jones. Go, 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 Cassie. It is a good thing that Sam made a map of the facility. Uh-huh. Since he was taken by Cassie and was the only person who could go, there's a tunnel down here, over here, over here. There's a tunnel. Well, they have important adult work to be done. They can't just go roaming around the tunnels, <laughs> mapping them out. No one knows about it. It was there. It's all good. Underground river. Pretty cool. I mean, that would be really bad just in case, you know, they got attacked. Right. Uh, well, I guess you were true. Yeah. They could hide anywhere. So the military guys show back up that were disappeared at the beginning of the episode because you knew they were going to show back up. Of course. But luckily for Ramsey and Cole, when these guys are trying to take over, I mean, well, Cole and Ramsey and Deacon, uh, the part gets put back in the uh, time machine. No, Eklund. Sniff, sniff. And they kind of fade away. I was really kind of curious about them fading away. I already figured they were there. Why would they disappear back? It's the Back to the Future paradox. But really, was it a paradox? 
it's the Back to the Future paradox. It happened, and that's where we're going. Okay. So that's what you're going with. I just, I just figured they showed up and they were the the machines sapped them up there. I didn't think it would put them back or make them fade, but I mean, I guess they did kind of fade out found, in the in the beginning. You found a plot hole, Brad. Huh? You found a plot hole. I found a plot hole. Well, Unless they explain it later, you found a plot Well, hole. at the beginning, they didn't splinter straight there. They kind of did that flickering thing for a little yeah. bit, and they did it a flickering thing when they went back. So that's different. That's not so maybe same. it's that whole thing where we see present, past, and future kind of merging. Okay. And that was the machine. Like, you remember what they were doing with the primaries? They were trying to kill the primaries so that everything would collapse on itself. And something similar may have been happening with the time machine. Like, right. as if they um, messed with that, I guess, time would collapse in on itself. I mean, look what happened with Sam or where he ends up later right. when we talk about that. Yeah, I... I don't know. So was, you would think that those dudes might be in that place too. It was a different splintering than they do everywhere else. You know, the splintering that we see, they just disappear and they're gone. They unsplintered. Right. These guys were just kind of having issues. Yeah. But, you know, I, it was interesting to see Cole and Ramsey and Deacon all working together because, you know, apparently they did have that bottle of bourbon and worked everything out together. Yeah, that was pretty nice to see. And they're, you know, they're working towards a common goal in the facility. Whereas back with West Seven, it was kind of survival and every man, woman for himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since Cassie saved Deacon, he has a stake in things. Like he actually kind of cares about these group of people now. Right. And we knew he cared about, cared about Cole before, but like now you can see that he really did have a good relationship with Cole and, and even Ramsey, even though they kind of hated each other from the start. Like, this goes back to um, when they were fighting before. You could tell that while they were fighting, it wasn't malicious. You know? Oh, yeah. It was just, uh, I'm going to beat you down because, you know, i got to beat you down. Basically. And that's one of those things that they had to do. Because, you know, that's what you do. So, my question of with, you know, 1959 was where the military guys were. They were already in the facility. They didn't know what the facility did. They didn't know if it was a toaster or a blender or whatever. How long has this thing been on? Have we ever been told that part? I don't think so. Uh, see, that's one of the things I was interested in is like, when did all this start? And I think I'm going to have to look into that. I don't remember ever hearing when actually anything happened. I just figured it was something that was uh, more recent since they were working on the correct uh, um, solution to do a tether. No idea. I don't have nothing on it. Oh, I have nothing on that too. I'm really interested to find out if that, if the machine has been around since 1959, what does that do to the time stream? Who else has gone out there and screwed around with stuff? Or did it get taken over by another organization like, you know, the the West 7 came and took it over? Did somebody else take it over from them earlier? And, like, that whole thing confuses me because I thought Ramsey was involved with the whole building of the time machine. I did. And that was in the 70s. Yeah, exactly. See, this is the whole thing I'm really confused on. Or did this... Unless... That we did another paradox when when they paradoxed the one prime in the 54, this is what was already being started. Right. So See, entered, that makes more sense. It hasn't happened yet. So we're entering into we entered into a different timeline because that was a time change in the line, right? Mm-hmm. Where Katrina, where uh, yeah, Katrina got everybody back, including Eklund, who that was a change. That's very cool. 
that makes more sense now. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I guess there's a big thing that we can look for there at some point. So let's go ahead and finish this off with the one thing of the smartest kid in the facility who knows how to build a model and knows where everything is, has attention to detail. You ever wonder how his time mapping skills are? Um, I hope they're pretty darn good. I don't think he's the witness. Uh, see, I don't know. Like, he knows all this stuff because he's been with the adults. So it will make total sense. And, th- of course, there's the fact that his father interfe- interferes in time. So I could see him also being the witness because he could take after his father in that way. Mm-hmm. But let's look at the one big thing here. He was sent somewhere in time. We never really got a date on it. That thing bounced all over the place. I paused it a whole bunch of times, so and we went everywhere. He got there. There were some red leaves there. This had already happened a little bit before. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody took his hand. He was in yes. the middle of nowhere. Somebody knew he was coming. Oh, and, knew, and you know who I said it was? And you shot me down? Yes, it is not Eklund. But it should be. He wouldn't know. How would Eklund know that he was coming there? Because he's Michael Hogan and he's awesome. Because all this and has the happened script before. would tell him that the kid was coming. And he said, "All this has happened before and will happen again." But yeah, this is the whole thing. Is like somebody was there to meet him and knew that he was going to be there. Mm-hmm. I would almost like it to be um, Ramsey at the end, <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen. Like old man Ramsey who figured out where his son was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You got any ideas? Besides the one mm-hmm. I shot down? Baby Sam. Baby Sam's a witness? <gasps> no, not Jennifer. Jennifer dies, unless she doesn't die. Hey, could be another primary. It looks like a man hand. I couldn't really tell. It was kind of one of those things. Very... I thought it was a man hand. And I was feeling very hopeful that it was Eklund, so I pretty much was staking everything on Eklund. You can stake everything on Eklund. Just think it's going to be Eklund. Go with that. I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. I almost was worried that it was the pallid man, but I don't think he's he does the time tra- traveling. Well, and didn't, wasn't the hand like really super dirty? I thought it had a glove on it. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think it was a pallet man. Okay. <laughs> Unless it was Cone. He time traveled. Uh, it could be. I actually went I'm back. To, I had a flashback to the ending of Continuum. <laughs> it went, ooh, no, it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I tell you... Um, like when the time flickered and everything and on the screen. So basically Sam ends up in limbo. He doesn't end up in the present past or future, whatever he ends up in that here and now thing that I guess Jennifer and everybody was telling us about, you know, what happens if all the primaries are killed with paradoxes. So I'm thinking Sam somehow ended up there. And for some reason it reminded me of that other show that we used to watch and like on sci-fi in the first season. And then the second season was like, woo. Because they time traveled to, not they didn't time travel, but they kind of fast forwarded to the future during uh-huh. the episode. I'm like, what's happening? I'm confused. Right. I don't know what's happening. Well, I think we'll find out more about that. But I mean, I'm saying, to. this is this was executed way better. Oh, I I totally agree with you, and I it, it make, would make sense if it was a primary who knew that who? Sam was coming. No, it was it's, it's the doctor. It's the doctor. It's me. Me saver saved him. Yeah. No. Casper Crumb. <laughs> I watch too many time travel shows, but the Twelve Monkeys has the best role. Yes, they have the. It's Bill and Ted the founder. <laughs> it's Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted, or you know, uh, 
It was station that got him. That's what it was. Okay, I'm. I think we we're done here. You got anything else on this episode? I told you that I'm not even going to try to speculate. If it wasn't Eklund, I'm just going to wait to see who it was. And I'm going to be like, oh, my God, Greg, you were so right. Good call. Oh, my God. I know who it was. Who? You're going to get mad at me. Who? Brant. Oh. I'm pretty sure Game of Thrones has not made it into 12 Monkeys. Not only is it a big change, it's a big channel change also. It is in my head, Canon. Yes. Oh, there you go. Lucifer. Well, Lucifer. All right, now I'm tired. Okay. So if you haven't been <laughs> if you haven't gone there already, head on over to purefandom.com. Check out some of the other killer articles posted there. We both have a lot of different articles there, and there are tons of awesome writers filling the side up with amazing fandom articles. All right, and for more time travel goodness, you can check out some of our old recaps of Legends of Tomorrow or come back next week when, of course, we start talking about what, Last Ship? Oh, yes. We're going to do a preliminary podcast before the show comes back, I think, on the 12th. Yep, we'll see about that. Yeah, we'll definitely see about that. And for more 12 Monkeys, we'll see Episode 8. I can't believe it's Episode 8 already. And that was entitled Lullaby. Mm -hmm. And speaking of lullabies, Outlander was renewed for seasons three and four. Go awesome. watch it, people. It's awesome. Cool. And um, I promise I'll have some recaps up there for you soon. Waiting yeah. for the news on the re, uh, uh, renewal. renewal of 12 Monkeys. It's totally it, It's coming. Happen. It's still coming. This is one of their best shows. Yes. It's, yeah. it's got great ratings. Yeah. It'll happen. It's just there. They tend to kind of linger a little bit longer than other people on shows. So it's good. For sure. Because you look at like Z Nation, Z Nation didn't get renewed until they didn't tell anybody about the renewal of the first season of Z Nation until like episode ten. <laughs> so. Yeah, like they really did wait. Yeah, so and it should be coming soon. Sometimes they like to wait until like a special anniversary or something right. or a special date. Yes, that's there, significant for some reason. Yes, when the when the time machine kicks on and they splinter in there with the answer and go, oh, we're being renewed. So exactly. That'll be coming up. So if you have any thoughts about this episode, let us know in the comments below. Hit us up on Twitter at a Facebook page. Until then, we'll see you next week. Well, we'll see you somewhere out of time. Like Sam. Or in time. On time? On time? No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a time? All right. We'll see Sometime. you later. How about we just see him later? How's that work? See you later. All right. We can replace the lens array. Our old one is in the East Warehouse. The one that burnt out our first call. But that's all we've got right now. I'll go with Mr. Deacon. That's not happening. I'll go. Dr. Eklund, your chivalry is... Chivalry, my ass, cat. If anything happens to you, we're all screwed. I'm a pacifist. You're shitting me.